I uh, friend me. That's the whole idea of today. First of all, Christ wants to friend you. And you want to friend Him. But also as a result, the idea is that we friend a lot of people throughout the world. You know, 28 years ago, I was a sophomore in an Ivy League school in the East. My friendships were pretty limited. You had to belong to a pretty limited circle of people if I was willing to befriend you. In other words, I was a snob. Maybe you can relate. Maybe not. But an amazing thing happened in my life, which is God transformed my heart. You know, when God transforms your heart, and you let Christ befriend you, then you realize you're really not that much. And you start looking at people with a very different eye. And you start looking at the world and our purpose here in life very differently. And so today I get to share with you about one of my passions. I want to introduce you to some of my best friends and their lives. And I know it's kind of challenging living uh, a couple of blocks away from such a beautiful beach here in Southern Cal. To relate to the reality of other people throughout the world. And so today is the time for you to open your heart, open your mind, so that you can befriend our brothers and sisters throughout the world. You know, you can turn on CNN and you can watch a news clip. And when you don't really relate to the people in that place, it really doesn't get to you. You know what I mean? But then when you see something, one of these disasters that have happened, whether it's Japan, whether it's Alabama, wherever it is, and if you have somebody there, that event takes a total different reality, doesn't it? Well, today is about that. About you connecting with, maybe you don't know them yet, but your brothers and sisters... People who love Christ just like you, who have also clicked with Him and said, friend me. And who want to friend you in the same spirit? You know what all our missions work is about? is about bringing other people to Christ. And so I want to express, as we start out here, on behalf of my brothers and sisters in Mexico and Central America, our deep gratitude for you befriending people you don't even know. You know, one of the noblest things we do is when we love people we don't even know. You know, when I look back 28 years ago, my attitude towards friendships were, what can I get out of you? And as long as you were a certain social class or a certain way to build me up towards where my future would become, click, I would friend you. Today, as you see this video and as I share with you, I'm going to share with you about friends that, honestly, I've gained a lot from them. But the real reason for that friendship was not about what do I gain. It was about bringing them closer to Christ. So we're going to start out with a video. Uh, you're going to see some news clips from Mexico and Central America. It's a bit stirring. Um, so I, I pray that you'll keep your hearts open. And then we'll share about some of our brothers and sisters there as well. If we'll start out with the video. I don't know about you. Uh, but for me, especially because I know most of those guys... I watch that and it stirs my soul. My, my desire for me, for you today, is that you'll connect with them. That you connect as friends, as heroes in the faith. You know, the first woman that shared there babysat our kids when we were uh, in the ministry there. She was a dentist and then gave up her dentist practice to be in the ministry. She shared there about the risks that her family 
faces. But they're faithful, focused disciples of Christ, wanting to reach out to the world. You know, what sobered me up in the first couple of uh, slides there of the disciple sharing is, a month ago I was with these guys. And when I was with them in Mexico City, you could not tell the challenges that they're faced with. Because you see their joy, their zeal, their focus, their passion about their mission. And it would be like it were just beachside, sharing life in a cushy, nice way, like you and I get to live it. Now, maybe your life isn't cushy. You know, I always thought mine wasn't. But when I start comparing it to the reality of other people, those connections help my heart. The connections are the reality, because, you know, at times we all go through challenges in life, and we do. But boy, it helps us to get a relative perspective of the reality of what other people live and what it means for them to be faithful to Christ. Connect me and befriend me. The call for you and I today is how are we going to connect with Christ and how are we going to connect with people that have needs like this all over the world? You know, the beautiful thing is there's a lot of good news as well. Yes, Mexico City... And Mexico, the country, is under fire. You look at a lot of Central America, and the reality is, yes, there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of challenges. You know, but the beautiful thing in our Christianity is that it's not about comparing ourselves one to another. But it's looking at Christ and finding strength and direction in Him. I'm going to share with you first about San Pedro Sula, Honduras. A city that uh, many of us don't, didn't even know existed. I honestly prided myself always about knowing every uh, major city in Latin America. And God has a funny way of doing things. At one point, I was in Mexico City, and I was assigned to lead this church. When I was told, you're going to go lead San Pedro Sula, Honduras, I was like, where is that? I had just prayed to God, God, I'm struggling with my pride. Send me to some place that I can't be proud of even being there. And so he says, you're going to San Pedro Sula, Honduras. I go, where is that? I can't even tell friends where that is. I can't even find it. Yet the beautiful thing is God does miracle, miraculous things regardless of who's there, whether it's me, whether it's you, whether whoever else it is. And God has built a, a powerful church there in San Pedro Sula, Honduras. There's 450 disciples, and uh, recently three nationally ranked, and actually they play for the national championship team, uh, soccer players were baptized. Uh, there's a sister there, she's on the video there, uh, on the slide, who uh, 20, talk about connect me, talk about befriend me. Twenty-five years ago, we baptized her in Boston, in the Latin ministry in Boston. Because of her commitment to her government, she was on a a master's program in uh, Boston, Uh, she had to go back to her country. At that time, we didn't have a church in Honduras, and so she went back. And, you know, it was one of those things that you just wonder, what's going to happen? This sister was faithful for five years without a church. And I remember connecting at the park, at the opening service, when I saw her right before the opening service, hugging her, thinking, well, Alma, you have been so faithful. You know, the story doesn't end there. She was faithful and has been faithful. She has to live in the city called Comayagua, which is between the two major cities in in, uh, Honduras because of her government commitment. And so she's so faithful to God that she said, well, I'll travel whatever I've got to travel. And she's got to travel two hours to every service, every twice a week. But she decided, you know what? I did that 
coming back from Boston. The church is here. I'm just going to stay faithful. I'm going to keep converting people. Today, there are 22 people in her city that are Christians because of her. And as a result, the church is planting a mission team in her city. There's already 22. You might as well call it a church, right? Talk about connecting. She's connected with God. She's connected with Christ. She's connected with the church. She's been faithful regardless of the challenges that she's had to face. Amen? In Querétaro, this is a city outside of Mexico City. One of the church leaders from Mexico City moved there uh, because of some personal needs uh, this past year. At the time that he arrived, Carlos Garcia, uh, there were 69 members in that church. This was September. Today there's 107 members in that church. There's been 30 baptisms in less than six months in this tiny little church. What does that say? There are people connecting with Christ all over the world. Amen? Monterrey, Mexico. You know, one of the challenges in our ministries in Latin America is uh, our teen ministry. And we're very grateful for the example that L.A. can provide for churches in Latin America. Monterrey has decided that they're going to establish a youth and family ministry, really learning from the example here in, in L.A. And so as a result, this past year, they didn't have any disciples but now they have 14 members of a teen ministry there in uh, Monterrey, Mexico. Uh, they have a church band that is all teens. Isn't that cool? They're, they challenge and inspire me. I'm like, how are we going to do that? Uh, they're bilingual. They're cranking. Uh, just inspiring to see what they're doing in Monterrey. Cuautla, Morelos, was planted this past year. Ten people have been converted since then. And seven people are studying the Bible. Habana, Cuba. You think this is the neat connection. One of the biggest challenges in Cuba is you can't publicly worship unless you're one of the established churches. Well, the Church of Christ was not an established church at the time, and it still isn't. So our brothers and sisters have to meet together underground, undercover, yet the powerful thing is the church is growing, blossoming, and there's weddings taking place in Habana, Cuba. Mexico City. In 2010, there was a gathering there. The church had not gathered together in four years because of financial needs. Yet, uh, at this time, they established their 2020 vision in which uh, there would be a unity group that oversaw the Mexico City Church. There are now 3,800 disciples in Mexico City. Uh, 432 were baptized this past year. Uh, They grew by 4% this past year. And so it's encouraging to see that every single super region throughout the church has been growing. They have a teaching ministry that Arturo Rizarraz leads. And it's really a powerful teaching ministry. They are all about connecting. Uh, they are really our premier teaching ministry in terms of online teaching throughout the world. Uh, Arturo Rizarraz, who's our teacher there, uh, also has a degree in uh, systems. And so as a result of that, he's powerful in working with uh, computers. And so he does a teaching program that goes through multiple nations. Uh, recently, there was... Fifteen different nations that participated in his teaching program. You see there are some of the faces, some that we recognize, uh, that have been part of uh, teaching at the teaching ministry in Mexico City. This past uh, month, Alan Gloria Baird and myself had the privilege of going to Guatemala and then to Mexico City. And the point of that was to establish uh, a shepherding program with the vision of establishing an eldership program in Mexico and in Guatemala. 
the reality is Mexico City is the second biggest church we have uh, amongst our churches with 3,800, and there's no eldership. And so we see a, a significant need for that. You should have seen how incredibly grateful they were. Uh, when we had the shepherding program, we had uh, each, each region chose uh, three people, three couples from each region uh, to be part of the program. And so we had 120 participants in the shepherding program uh, to train them with a vision of an eldership. Uh, every time we ended one of the sessions, Gloria Baird would have a, a buzz of women. It was like a bee and beehive. I'd have to say, stop, okay, you gotta stop, cause we gotta go to the next class. Why? Cause they were just so, so hungry to learn. I mean, these are people that have been married 20, 30 years in, in, uh, who've been in the church multiple years, but the reality is they've not seen elders like Alan Gloria Baird that we have the treasure of having right around us all the time. You know, and it's a real call to us, you know, the, the beauty of connecting with other people is you start seeing what you get used to. I mean, for me sitting in that crowd, you know, I get to see Alan Gloria and I get to see great people who have great uh, insight all around us. But we can grow so accustomed to it that we're like, yeah, yeah, there he is, you know, there's Henry Kramer, amen, yeah, nice guy. And you go, man, what a treasure that we've got to milk to take advantage of the opportunity we have to connect with people that other people throughout the world would go, please give me a chance and I'll milk them for all they're worth. You know, so it is a call for us to make sure we take advantage. Henry's like, would you stop? Now I'm going to have appointments. More than I have. You know, we're here to connect. There's people all throughout the world that desperately need to connect. The Panama Church is going through... I think that's my phone. You can turn it off, Ruben. It's going through a church leadership transition. One country, right now because of personnel needs, doesn't have a church leader. Two couples are rising up to take the leadership during the meantime. But connect me. I want to put it on your hearts to start praying for who will lead a church in Panama. Because we desperately need it. You know, we look around ourselves, and at times you and I tend to think, we have so many needs. But if we also looked around, we'd say, we have so much resource. The reality is most of you here today, if I took you to any one of the countries, whether it's Mexico and Central America, right away you'd be called to leadership because of your experience, because of your training, because of your heart, and because of your education. And so it is a call for us to make sure we are connecting with the reality that there is a desperate need throughout the world. We are blessed immensely in this country and in this church. And it does us a lot of good to know that we're needed. You know, one of the reasons I am thrilled to do what I do in terms of being connected with Mexico and Central America is I am convinced by God that He blessed me with what He blessed me for the purpose of the rest of the world. It's not by chance that God gave me the blessing of growing up in multiple countries in Latin America. It's not by chance that I got a degree from an Ivy League school here in America. It's not by chance that I have the upbringing I had. And I don't connect with the reality of the world. My gifts get lost. And that's your reality just as well. There are gifts, talents, blessings you have that God meant to use for the sake of the world. 
I'm convinced that as a result of that, my heart has grown leap bounds by understanding that there's a need in others. But if I had left it just in terms of me and my needs, me and my little world, woe is me, for to whom much is given, much is expected. Go with me to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5. Because the point to today really is us connecting with Christ. He who was King of kings, He who was mighty, He who had the comfort of heaven, coming down and becoming a human being, you think about that? Talk about giving up of yourself. Talk about coming down from high resources to low resources. Talk about, do I really want to do that? I mean, if I invited you to today to go to Mexico with me, would you go? After the video you just saw? You know, Al Barrett has to come with me in a, in a month. And he's like, you sure you want to do this? Wyndham Shaw is joining us. And a couple of times he said, bro, is this the wisest thing for us to do? And I said to him, well, you know what? I've been down there. I, I was there during a civil war. And, you know, I, I, I don't really consider these things. They go, yeah, but look at your skin. You kind of fit in. <laughs> kind of forget about that. But you know what? God will protect us. He'll take care of us. And if not, you know what? We're going home. We're going home to meet the one who we really are here to connect with. In Hebrews chapter 5, he says, Every high priest is selected from among men is appointed to represent them in matters related to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He's able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of his people. No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God, just as Aaron was. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming high priest. But God said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, You're a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You know, he was given amazing roles and amazing titles. But it didn't come for free. If you look in verse 7, he says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. You know, there are aspects of Jesus that we are very drawn to, aren't we? His character, his perfection, his love. But here's a side of his character that is pretty challenging. He learned through suffering. He matured to become all that God wanted him to be through a challenging life. You know, at times I consider and I pray for my brothers and sisters in Mexico and Central America, and I go, God, why? Why do they have to face the challenges they have to face? But you know, as I interact with them when I am face to face, I'm inspired. 
I inspired by their character. I inspired by the way they handle challenges, by the way they handle their suffering. I don't know if you caught it. But one of the brothers is joyfully sharing about the fruit and harvest that is taking place as he's sharing about his wife having to go through chemotherapy. Add to all the social unrest. I don't know you, but me. Health is really one thing that I'm... I prefer death than illness. Because death, I know where I'm going. Illness, mine or my family, ooh, that's bad. You know, I'm inspired by the way he's managing that. And so connect me. I want to call us to connect with the needs of our brothers and sisters. But I want to call us to connect with Christ, who through these challenges became what he needed to become. You and I are faced with an economic challenge. And it is challenging. But as we have a perspective of the reality of the needs of those around us, the reality of the needs around the world, we can put the perspective and say, we're here to obey Christ and imitate Him. Let me share with you about this church as well, Tepic. The brother who was kidnapped and almost killed is the one there in the picture. Another brother, Raul Moran, was murdered December 19th after a special contribution service. He went to work for his small business in the main avenue in Tepic, and suddenly an armed group of men arrived and opened fire and assault with assault rifles. He and his employees were killed, and a customer was severely wounded. He was a great example in the church, and in the picture there he's baptizing a friend some months before his death. Connect me. You know, that friend that was left behind will always remember this brother's life. You know, those things don't happen by chance. God knows the circumstances and people that have to be put in our path so our hearts will soften and so we'll remember that this is about an eternal life and not just a temporary one. In Hebrews, in closing here, Hebrews 13, verse 1. You know, the Bible is all about connecting. And it's about us opening our hearts to connect with those that aren't right around us and maybe don't even look like us or we would tend to like if we were outside of here. And so he says here in Hebrews 13, verse 1, Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering. You know, my prayer for you is that today you'll remember those brothers and sisters that have been mistreated and that are suffering, real suffering. That as we go out, we'll consider the reality of their need and we'll keep loving the church throughout the world. In verse 5, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you.
What was my goal 28 years ago as a sophomore in college? To be a CEO here in America. What's my goal today? To help as many of those, as many of these, to get to real heaven. Because that's really what's worthwhile. What's the investment of our time and our money all about? About connecting as many souls as possible to God here on earth, but really to God in heaven. My call to you today is to friend me. And by friending me, you're going to friend those people. Because that's what I'm about. My call to you is to friend them. And to put them deeply in your heart and to decide, God, I want to do something for these brothers and sisters. You know, when they talk about special contribution, they talk about 20 or 30 times their weekly contribution. And it's not because they've got a lot. They go out and sell whatever they can. Because their conviction is, we're a long way away from getting to every soul throughout the world. Brothers and sisters, one of the things I love deeply about our churches is our passion for the mission throughout the world. I want to call each one of you and each one of us to make a commitment to decide, God, I want to be connected at a heart level. Because there's a difference when you do things just because you got to do them. But when it's in your heart, you look at your resources, you look at your talents, and you decide, God, use them for whatever you want to use them, but use them for your glory to connect as many possible so that many can get to heaven. Thank you very much.